Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Strange Heartland podcast, part two of our tour of the strange state that is Ohio. I'm joined back in the studio with Jory. Hello. And we are going to be covering a couple different stories here. So last time we left off, we were talking about ghosts. So let's go ahead and jump right into our next uh, famous haunting in Ohio. Jory, have you ever heard of Franklin Castle? Mm-mm, no. no, never. Well, it's this really creepy Victorian style, like gothic mansion. Oh, wait, maybe. That is like on the west side of Cleveland. I think it's Cleveland. Uh huh. Yes, Cleveland. Definitely Cleveland. It's got like. Why do spooky things always happen on places like Cleveland? I don't so know. Just Cleveland. Just Cleveland? But this place has turrets. Okay. And watchful gargoyles. Ooh. And it's got like this really weird, like um, six foot iron fence around it. And so the home was built by Hans Tiedman and his wife Louise. Hans was a banker and co founder of Union Banking and Savings Company and used his wealth to build this gorgeous home in 1881. It took them three years to build it. Wow. I love Victorian homes. That was like my dream for the longest time growing up was I wanted to find a Victorian home and I wanted to remodel it. They're just so cool looking. Like what what kind of remodel? Because you like you see so many and they have like the original well, paint and the original paint is like the ugliest color on the planet, like like a weird like plum purple. Like and I stuff. wanna restore like the interior on the inside because I feel like you know how old houses they just have like really unique cuts and stuff like that. Or they have like the bookcases built into the wall, but like yeah, some of the painting that was that's gonna change. Like there's a Victorian house in Goshen and it's like Pepto Bismol pink. Oh yeah, those are gross. And I'm just yeah. like what But a the waste. woodworking inside and like on the stairs yeah. and like I mean they're just so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. But they're so expensive I because know. everybody wants to go in there and fix it up and stuff and yeah, then, have then a there's nice the off chance that it's gonna be haunted. Plus, I mean, it's just, like, super expensive to restore those anyways because you got to get, like, special parts, like, special, like, pieces. Like, the windows are, like, way out of whack. Like, I was talking to somebody, and he was restoring a Victorian home in Bloomington, Illinois, and he was like, dude, it is so hard to just find, like, a freaking window because, like, the window is, like, every window is different. It's like different. a freaking yeah. circle with, like, yeah. and star then, like, points or something. Yeah, and then, like, all the mass-produced windows that are, like, safe and stuff, like, they don't make them in... Yeah. certain sizes you know so but um but anyway it took them three years to build it and so they moved in in 1884 uh and they moved in with their uh kids i think they had like four kids or something like that and they also moved in with uh every his Victorian grandma house come with like eight plus kids Right, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's 1800s, people. so everybody was, like, just popping out a million kids, you know. Like, my grandma, when she was born, and this was in the 40s, like, there were, like, 10 siblings. She had, like, 10 siblings. Oh, my Aunt Wilma popped out, like, 12 kids. Why is, why, why? I don't know. Like, why is that a thing? Grumpy. They're always grumpy about it, like, oh, I have 12 kids. And I was like, well, what do you think was going to happen right. to make 12 kids? You had to like some part of it. So, um, <clears throat> this house has... An incredible amount of tragedy with this family. Mm-hmm. So shortly after moving into this beautiful home, uh, the Tiedmans, it struck the Tiedmans as their 15-year-old daughter, Emma, died from complications from her diabetes. I don't know. I mean, how do you treat diabetes in the 1800s? Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. There's a lot of things I don't know if they knew they were sure about treating. For sure, yeah. I mean, like, Coca-Cola was, like, made out of cocaine and stuff, like, at the beginning. Yeah. 
and they use like cocaine for like literally everything. Well, and what was that disease um, that a lot of people got, and they would send you to like a tuberculosis? Is that where they would send you like to the mountains? Like the air would help with oh like, healing that. Oh, I'm not too sure about that. I know that like. I remember, like, tuberculosis was, like, rampant, like, at the the turn of the century. Yeah. And they threw up, like, a bunch of hospitals. That's, like, what um, Waverly Hills Sanatorium is Uh in Kentucky. I think that was a tuberculosis tuberculosis clinic or whatever it was. Ten times fast. I think. I don't know. I don't have my thing up in front of me, but... Also, my friend uh, texted me this morning, like, one in the morning, and he was like, hey, uh, I just went on a tour of Waverly Hills. We should go sometime. And I was like, fuck, Yes. Anytime, I was like, "Did you see anything?" And he was like, "Uh, we were looking out for shadows. I don't know if I saw one or not." So that's kind of a bummer. But well, going back to our last story, I think I got my parents convinced to do the seven k, uh, the Shawshank hustle. Oh, are they gonna do it at the reformatory? I was like, you know, Disney might be a little too expensive this year to go, and I think I'm more down for the Shawshank hustle over running with Disney. Princesses. Do you guys go to Disney all the time? No, I've never been to Disney. Oh, you've never been? No. Oh, dude, I went. I went to Disney a couple years ago. It was so good. I want to go it. so bad. Their um, resorts that they have are fantastic. Like they're so nice. Disney, do you want to support us? You can the haunted mansion. You have <laughs> <Yeah>. spooky stuff. <laughs> I, how cool would it be to like go to like the Franklin Castle and just like do like an episode there or something or oh, just like see it like go around the country and just like see all these spooky spots and then like do a podcast like from that town maybe not necessarily like in that area because you never know mm-hmm. like I mean like in that spot because you never know like if they'll let you or not guys but, we like, come with stories and travel ratings <laughs> that would be so awesome we will man. direct that's, you in all your spooky adventures that's goals <laughs> yeah or, oh, or like, if we get somebody who's like, hey, I got this crazy haunting that's been plaguing me for, like, 10 years. It's, like, got demonic in, uh, activity or whatever. Like, please come. And we'll be like, okay, and let's do a podcast from there. Yeah. How cool would that be? Actually, that wouldn't be cool. I just watched a thing last night. Bobby Mackey's. Have you ever heard of Bobby Mackey's? Uh-uh. Uh, Bobby Mackey's is ridiculous. Bobby Mackey's is, like, um, it's, like, the portal to hell. Like, it's got so much activity. That's another thing we got to put on our, our our map, and that's in Kentucky too, by the way. A lot of weird things I'm in so Kentucky. I'm so pumped for this road trip. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back from our little side note there. So Emma, uh, their 15 year old daughter, died from complications from her diabetes, and then her grandmother Hans's mother. What Hans? Yeah, Hans. Hans's Man. mother would die shortly after. However, these deaths would not be the last in the home. By 1887, three more of their children had died in just three years. We just pop them out just so they can die. Like, that's seriously, like, the staple of this time period. That's so sad, just thinking about that. Like, oh, man. Uh, And it says here, in a likely bid to distract himself from the five deaths that occurred in his newly built mansion, uh, Tiedman continued to expand his home and make it ever and ever grander. He added a ballroom, turrets, gargoyles outside to watch over the place um but they would leave the home in 1896 after his wife passed away so i think he was like the only one left so like everybody died in that house oh my gosh so of course um with so many deaths and so little time there's a lot of speculation that perhaps he killed him on his own and then he also killed his uh mistress and servant and his mentally ill niece 
So my gosh, that his is four awful. children, Ill- illegitimate daughter, his mistress, which is also his servant, her name was Rachel, his mentally ill niece, his wife, his mother. I mean, that's just that's a lot of death in one house in a short period Sounds of like time. Sounds like the black family in Harry Potter. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, everybody's dying. So do you think he did it? They killed them all? Probably not. I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't found anything really on his character and what type of person he was or anything. So I'm not. I, I don't want to say that he did. And you didn't find anything like um, that they didn't try to like take him in, like since people were speculating or anything like that. I think it was just rumors. Yeah. Yeah. People. So in 1913, the Milhauser family uh, had the home and they sold it to the German American League for Culture, which uh, a lot of reports were saying that that was like kind of basically just for the German Socialist Party. The German American League for Culture taking over the grand home sparked even uh, sparked even more rumors that the home may have been chosen for its tragic background or hidden passageways which the party would use for medical experiment- experimentation and spying on their neighbors. Okay, wait, 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 hold on. I need to catch up here. So we have speculation that this guy has killed his whole entire family, and now we got some, like, weird science stuff going on? Yeah, so, like, the basically, the German American, what people, like, their neighbors, what everybody felt was the German American League um, was, like, a shell for the German Socialist Party, and then, like, this is... Actually, yeah, it was during the time of World War One, so like everybody was like leery of like Germans, and that would carry on for like the, the next thirty years or whatever. Um, and so they were like, "What do you think they're doing in this weird fucking house? <laughs> like that looks like a castle." And I hear that there's like a bunch of passageways and stuff, so automatically it was like. Did you ever have that growing up? Like. You know, like in it, like there's that house that like there's that one story and everybody elaborates, but you don't want to walk by it. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I had a couple of those growing up. Yeah, there was a couple of, like abandoned houses in my neighborhood that everybody would like just make up the most ridiculous things about it. But then like it eventually like freaked me out. Like we had a couple like wooded lots around us too, uh-huh. and like I don't kids do weird things. And then like all of a sudden, it became a thing where we thought that there was a werewolf in the woods and. I don't know. We just got it well, got into our brains, and then like one time somebody said something, and then like I fell off of like a tree fort, and they were like, "Yeah, the werewolf did it." Like it was just dumb kid stuff. But we're like the last of that generation that would actually go, go outside and play, walk, like just go walk around. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. just go walk around and like do that kind of stuff or explore. Now it's all technology. Like I couldn't imagine, you know. Well, maybe my siblings, but they like old stuff. But I can't imagine like a group of kids like actually. Saturday night, hey, want to go check out this house? Yeah, like my little my little cousins were like, they grew up on video games and TV. Mm. Like that's literally all they ever wanted to do. And I think the oldest one just turned eighteen. So it's it, it was weird. It was like a ten year period between what when he was like when I was ten and he was born, and it's just like in that little amount of time, like the cultures are just completely different. Mm-hmm. But. Back on track. Sorry, guys. So, like I said, everybody was like, they were spreading rumors that the German-American League for Culture was the shell for the German Socialist Party, and they were doing weird 
medical experimentation and spying on everybody because there was like there was rumors that there was like a bunch of like labs and secret passageways and things like that and the house was owned by them for almost 50 years so from 1921 to 1968 wow so that brings us to the romanos family and they purchased the home in 1968, and Mr. and Mrs. Romano moved their six children into the home. So once There's again- There's a trend with this house. Yeah. There's a trend with this big house. Big families. <laughs> so they moved their six kids into the house, and uh, Mrs. Romano had always been fascinated by the strange and striking home. They toyed with the idea of opening up a restaurant within the home, but then they changed their mind for whatever reason. Um, it was probably because of the strange occurrences within the house, including hearing footsteps, disembodied voices, the sound of people in the ballroom. Uh, scared at the activity, they called a Catholic priest who declined on doing an exorcism. Perhaps this was because he was not licensed or um, he just couldn't get whatever it was out. Kind of like in Casper when the priest comes out. And he oh, was yeah. Like, you got to find somebody else. And then the, oh, ghost I forgot bust, about that. And the Ghostbuster comes out yeah. and he goes, who are you going to call? Somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I got to watch that again. I used to watch that all the time growing up. So they called a Catholic priest and he couldn't do an exorcism. Um, maybe he wasn't licensed by the church to do it or he just couldn't get it out, whatever it was. Or maybe he thought they were being a little excessive. However, he said that he acknowledged that there was something wrong with the home and that it wouldn't be a bad idea to move. Could you imagine somebody telling you that? Like, you just purchased this big home. You're trying to fix it up. And then somebody's like, hey, there's something really weird about this place. You should just move after already buying it okay, and moving well, your six kids. Let's talk about, in. like, the anxiety of being in a home loan for a house you just bought. For like, sure. I can't even imagine, like, the repercussion of that. Like, hey, sorry, you approved us at the bank, but we kind of need to we need Yeah, to we leave. need to get out of our loan, please. There are, like demons who live yeah. with us. I think it's so crazy that you can't, like my mom's a realtor and you can't list that. You can't list any of that when the house is for sale. So instead of moving right away, they contacted like an early paranormal group. It was called the Ohio uh, Cycle. What is that? What's that word? It's like cycle. Where are we at? Where are we at? What paragraph? It's like towards the bottom. Oh, okay. I'm a blind person, so you have to give me a moment. Ohio physical research? Physical? Group? Physical. You think physical? Physical. It looks like physical, but it's misspelled. Okay. I get the typo. That's so weird. All right. So the Ohio physical, saying. which is misspelled research group, rumors say that one of the members was so terrified he ran screaming from the home. So, uh, in 1974, the Romanos left the house. The house was then sold to Sam Muscatello, who wanted to capitalize on these rumors of a haunting and offered haunted tours of the castle. He made sure to write down every visitor's experience and often contacted the media to cover the home. So he was like purely in it to make money. And there's a rumor- So he was almost provoking, like if there's something there. Yeah. He wanted it to present itself. Absolutely. And this was bolstered by a discovery of a cache of human bones believed baby believed to be baby bones. Uh, and they were discovered in the closet of one Ugh. of the bedrooms. So they everybody thinks that he planted them there to like hype the house oh. up and not necessarily like something actually happened, but just to kind of like bring in more tourism and stuff. 
get more money. Ultimately, he wasn't able to make Franklin Castle a musty haunted attraction and sold the place to a doctor who later sold it to Cleveland's police chief. So his name was Richard. I want a haunted property monopoly, like a game, I, yeah. a game of monopoly, but it's with like the Winchester house and this house and that'd be dope though. Like haunted monopoly, but you're trying to sell like all these like properties that won't sell. See, the show uh, Haunted, or not Haunted, was, was it The Haunted? Where it was the people that would get like kicked out of their homes by ghosts and they would have them on the Discovery Channel? We talked about this last episode. The Haunted? Yeah. Yeah. Haunting or something? Yeah. A haunting. A haunting. A haunting. Yeah. And then all the cards would be like, oh, you have somebody hung themselves and there's been haunt there's been sightings here or this is Ted Bundy's old home or this person. Sh That'd be funny. <laughs> Okay, I'm done with my tangent. So, Cleveland's police chief, Richard Hugges, uh, Hongacito, they moved in. They they were thrilled to, to get the home. They got it for pretty cheap. Um, they were ready to move out of their old place, and they moved in. And then uh, they were only there for one year, the police chief of Cleveland. He was only there for one year, and then he sold it to George Mercida. Mercida? George Mercida, who was not from the area, had no idea of the home's strange history, but once he did um, learn of his history, though, he decided to also run haunted tours. So from like 1975 to 1984, it was basically like a tour home. You know, like people would come in and like walk around and they would conduct haunted tours. And that Kinda was like basically how Elkhart it. has a couple of like historic homes that have been turned into museums. And yeah. Like knowledge of yeah, like exactly. the families that lived there. So in 1984, the house was actually sold to Judy Garland's uh, fifth and final husband, Michael Davinko. Really? Yeah. Davinko would spend almost $1 million in a decade of his life restoring the home to glory. He said he has no problems with the ghost or haunting activity and jokingly said it was because he was taking care of the home. He moved out 10 years later in 1994, so he really didn't report anything weird going on. And he was, like, renovating the home, which is really weird because a lot of times you hear uh, folks say that when they're renovating their homes, that's when activity really picks up. And mm -hmm. he said that nothing really happened. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, if this was all, like, in the very beginning, just, like, also, but, like they were like, making it up, you know? How lucky for Ohio that somebody famous took over a historic house and did all that work. Because that was probably easier for that town to take over and do something with it. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching um, a little 10-minute documentary earlier today about it. And basically what happened is this guy set up a nonprofit and the nonprofit purchased the home and now they're rebuilding it. But it looked like it was in like serious disarray. And he was trying to restore it back to the way it was back when it was built, like at the very beginning mm -hmm. of the 1890s, 1880s. So um, I don't know what kind of renovations he did, but... It looked like garbage. <laughs> it oh looked like God. garbage now. So it's kind of a bummer. But So the house was empty for five years and then sold again in 1999. However, before the new owner could move in, an arsonist took to the home and caused oh, extreme, extreme damage. And the new owner uh, would spend quite a bit of money on repairs, but not enough to make it livable. It was then sold in 2000 and then stood empty until 2011 when it was announced that the castle would would be redesigned and zoned to become a three-family dwelling. That never happened. Today, Franklin Castle is home to a record company, Norton Records, with Zach Webb, an artist who has lived inside the castle since 2018. 
When asked if Webb has ever experienced anything, he notes, I definitely have had a few experiences in the castle, as has everyone that's ever stayed there. He explained, as far as haunted, I'm not quite sure. Webb explains that he frequently, uh, he frequently had unexplained experiences, including noises made when no one else was around. He also had, has had strange uh, dreams in the home, and that these dreams and faces in them were the inspiration for many of his paintings. All right, so you want to hear some of the uh, experiences that have been documented by paranormal groups? Absolutely. All right, so we have the woman in black, and she is probably the most famous spirit associated with the house. The woman in black is thought to be Rachel. She is reported to have been seen on balconies and in the room upstairs since the 1960s. The ballroom. This room is also thought to be haunted by Rachel. A woman in white was seen by a newspaper boy, but it's unclear who she might be. Now, side note for a woman in white, I read a, re a report from somebody um, in the YouTube comments of one of these videos that I was watching, and, and he was walking with a group of his friends by the castle outside, and he turned around to talk to one of his friends, and he noticed kind of out of his peripheral that there was like something in white hanging off of one of the um, turrets. Mm -hmm. And so like he thought that he saw like this white thing hanging off of one of the turrets outside and he looks up and he sees like a woman in dressed in white and she's like leaning over this railing thing and he didn't say anything at first because he didn't want to freak anybody out and then one of his friends was like did you see that and he said what because he didn't want to be like the guy that you know brought it out and freaked yeah. everybody out and she and she was like i just saw like a lady in white like a lady in a really long white dress like leaning over outside of the castle oh my gosh and then nobody else saw it but there was that so i think that kind of correlates to this woman in white possibly who haunts the ballroom as well a large blood stain is sometimes said to appear on the marble floor yeah. <laughs> the ghost of a young girl this ghost was reported by the romano family who asserted that the ghost appeared and interacted with their children the ghost is said to have had instigated the family's departure from the house because it was told it told the family of an impending death some other phenomena uh chandeliers have been known to spin seemingly out of their own volition faces appear in the woodwork doors are said to open and close by themselves and ectoplasm apparently forms inside the rooms have you ever really like seen or kind of read about ectoplasm haven't they shown some of that in movies? I don't know it's, if it's re real or not. Like, yeah. I've never, like, and what is it made out of, you know? Like, when you, like, when I watch, like, these, these shows, you know what I mean? Like, they never, ever run into this ectoplasm stuff. But, like, when you hear, like, actual, like, people, like, talking about their experiences and stuff, sometimes they'll bring up, like, this ectoplasm stuff, and I've never, ever experienced it. I imagine, this. well, I guess to me, like, way, like, the name sounds, it... I, I just imagine like it being white. I feel like, like it being glue? like a clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like glue. <laughs> the ghosts are getting freaky. <laughs> it's like glue. It's a ghost brothel. <laughs> so they see like the plasm form inside the rooms apparently, and then voices have been heard coming from the walls, and even Tiedemann himself uh, has been spotted in the park where he died, apparently. So now I'm gonna play a little EVP, and this was recorded by a group called Newark. Paranormal Society, and um, he's going to go through it. It's about a minute long, minute and a half long, and he says that a young woman says not mine in an EVP. Um, and this was posted April 8th, 2019, so it's pretty fresh. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys. Good morning, everybody. 
this is Joe. We were up in Franklin Castle this winter, as you know. We, I was researching my findings on our voice recorder, uh, what we had in the living room. It was a real-time recorder, where you have headphone, headphones on, and you can hear in real-time what was going on. So, there was three, two of us that had real-time recorders on, and the lady that was up, one of the ladies that was up there with us, she said she was ice cold, it was cold up there for her. Right after that, you hear a younger woman say, all mine. That was none of the ladies in the room, because both the ladies said that was not them. So I'm going to let you listen to it, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Is that somebody talking? No, I didn't hear the voice. Okay, did you say something? No. Did you say it in the Yeah, I know, I heard that too. No. Hear the woman's voice too. Was it online? Mm-hmm. I heard it too. Wow. I thought it was Carrie. I thought it was too, but for a moment. So yeah, that was it. Did you hear it? Yeah. That's it. I think it's almost sounded like to me it said all mine, not not mine. Yeah, I could just I, I heard it. It kind of sounded like a little bit more distant in the back than it everybody else. It sounded like like a super young woman, like maybe even a child almost. Yeah, like a young girl. Maybe it was Emma, the one who uh, died from her diabetes, or I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell because like twenty kids died in that house, so you know you never. Um, really, yeah. Can't really pinpoint it, but. So that was pretty much uh, all I have for Franklin Castle. That is interesting. I'm sure other shows have done a better job. At, I feel like, like I can't go visit if I don't have six kids, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's almost you almost feel like you got to lose a couple yeah. to actually get some like full Franklin Castle experience. We're terrible people. <laughs> We're going to switch gears here. And, Jory, I'm going to describe to you this um, animal, and I want you to take a stab at what you think it is. Okay. Cries like a baby, screams like a woman. My boyfriend. <laughs> Known to kill dogs? No, never okay. mind. <laughs> Snub nose, peaked eyes, very chesty. Keep going. All right. Often seen in cornfields, noted for breaking tree limbs. Looks like a gorilla, but appears to stand straighter. Strong odor, blackish brown hair and color, long arms, pointed head, deep set eyes. Bulky head, no neck, monstrous wide shoulders. Any takes yet? Is this abstract art? (laughs) (laughs) Missing Uh, work from Picasso? Yeah. Growls or barks. So it screams, it cries like a baby, screams like a woman. It growls or barks. Unusually heavy breathing sounds. Some footprints appear to have clawed toes. Sometimes they have red eyes. Uh, Sometimes they are albino apparently maybe they have different shades of of hair i don't know what i'm trying to get at here is, this is michael jackson now... reincarnated it's what is this michael jackson's like evil spirit <laughs> back from the dead so what i'm trying to get at here is we are actually going to be moving on to the ohio grass man i'm not gonna lie when you first told me about this i thought it was like a serial killer because i was thinking of um, oh 
Do you remember American Horror Story Covenant? I never watched that. Oh, well, there's the character. Um, I'm totally going to get butchered by people who listen to this because I can't remember what his character's name was. But he would play a saxophone and was like really into jazz and all that in New Orleans. And he would lure women in and kill them. But like. That's where I thought you were going with that, like the grass man, like oh, like it was some dude and he yeah, came out of the grass, like like, like bluegrass or something, <laughs> and murdered people. I mean, I think the bluegrass alone would probably terrify people. What's that movie where it he's playing the banjo? Just comes out of the, like cornfields, like chasing people with a banjo. Yeah, and then he beats them over the head with it. What's that one song from that iconic movie where he's playing the banjo? The it's Deliverance. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Oh my I, gosh. I've actually never seen that. I, think, I, ha- you know, I haven't actually, either. Like, Burt Reynolds in it or something? Yeah, like? I just know the scene. We're like a pig! So Ohio is renowned for its own version of Bigfoot known as the Grassman. Uh, residents of the Buckeye State have been reporting the Grassman for over 150 years, so a really long time. The name comes from the belief that the creature eats wheat and similar tall grasses, with some expounding the theory and the more agricultural parts of Ohio may have adapted to eat cereal crops. It has been argued that the grassman would not be able to survive through the winter months because their diet of crops, et cetera, would be unavailable. You think he would try Wheaties like that? <laughs> Modern day like grassman. Modern day grassman. He's just like sitting at the table. His kids are annoying the shit out of him. He's just like in his little to, hut and he's eating he's a bowl just, of Wheaties. It's just like, but it's like to, stale Wheaties. <laughs> stale Wheaties. Remember when they did that promo? Was it in the nineties when they had the basketball players on from? I can't remember which team it was. All of them. Yeah, probably all of them. All of the teams. No, oh. I don't really remember that. Yeah. So basically, just challenging the theory that they only eat oats and and tall grasses and wheats. Uh, there's a theory that um, such creatures would have to be able to be capable of hunting or fishing for food during the inclement weather. The abundance of water in Ohio seems to support the idea that such creatures could survive the changing seasons. Unlike Bigfoot, grassmen have been reported in groups, um, but I've also heard of like, like there's like the uh, Osman. Um, case like when he got kidnapped by like a Bigfoot and the Bigfoot took him to like this like secret area and there was like little kids like little kid Bigfoots and a, a wife Bigfoot and like the kids are like trying to play with this guy and he's like he's just trying to get out of there if you haven't heard about that you should listen to an early episode of Astonishing Legends because it's pretty funny oh my gosh I'll have to listen to that this is bringing me back to with um, my goddaughter Dixie when it was May the 4th Be With You, I bought both my goddaughter's Star Wars coloring books, and she's sitting there coloring, and there's Chewbacca, and Chewbacca, I'm assuming Chewbacca's wife, or just another... Oh, right. Another yeah. Wookiee, and I'm like, she's like looking at it, and she goes, how do you know if it's a girl or, or a guy? <laughs> so I'm trying to explain Star Wars and Chewbacca and Wookiees and all this to her and genders. <laughs> Oh my god. And that's what I got the vibe. How long from did that take of... you to get through? A lot. I was stumbling. Oh. But she she got through. She she like drew a bow on one and Oh there you go. I guess that's one way. Like she like Could sep- you imagine like a Wookiee? Like a female Wookiee with like a crossbow and she's like killing like all these like dro like droids and stuff. And she's got like a little bow to signify that she's a woman. Yeah. Hey, you never know. They did it with that robot in the latest movie. The like venomist robot, and she's like, "Which one? What, what movie? Star Wars. The the newest one. The newest one. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I didn't. Where? Oh, wait, that was Han Solo. We're going to cut all this out because Han I am Solo? not. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, seriously, we're going to cut all that out because I don't want to sound like a Star Wars idiot. <laughs> so it says here, unlike, the, unlike Big Flick, Rassmen have been reported in groups. They also uh, are supposed to give off quite a strong odor. It's been described as like really bad rotten eggs. From the description of these creatures, we can say that they would be between seven and nine feet tall with black or brown hair, amber eyes, and broad shoulders, large hands and feet, and a muscular build. They are generally thought to have longer hair than Bigfoot. I don't know how many people like can measure the hair of like one of these giant animals and figure, yes, his hair is significantly longer than a big another mythical creature, but this Bigfoot who lives in the northwest of the United States. I just wish once we would see one of these things, but it's like wearing a suit and it's going to its job in the woods. <laughs> like it's more civilized than we think. He's got like a Starbucks. Like fucking humans, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to live. <laughs> Work my nine to five. All right, so this is the legend of the Ohio Grassman. Okay, so the first sightings were in 1869 when residents of Ohio said that they had seen a large, hairy, bipedal beast that was up to nine feet tall. One report even stated that the creature had leapt onto a man who was riding in a carriage. The man's daughter, who was traveling alongside of her father, not in the carriage because that was a thing, threw a stone at the beast that was wrestling with her father. I mean, this is a nine-foot-tall 300 pound beast and it was I guess her dad was keeping up with it or whatever but she hit it in the head and it ran off oh my god with a rock so I don't know if you want to believe that at all but that seems incredibly unlikely that that's what stopped him I mean could you imagine like you're this giant thing and like somebody throws like a little rock at you and that's gonna stop you I feel like it's like a movie moment with like Andy Sandberg and he's like going to throw the rock and it just goes bing and it just falls and does nothing. Yeah, I can't imagine it just like running away. And holy crap, the strength of that little girl! Like she needs to be like in shot put or something. And or maybe it's like a huge rock. I don't know, but I mean, I just can't believe that. Like that would stop him. Yeah. And what were they doing to, like, piss this thing off in the first place? Like, if they're just minding their own business driving through, like, do you really think like a, a bigfoot would like jump out of you and like try to? Like, I've never heard of like big feet. Bigfoot is it big feet or bigfoots? What's the plural of Bigfoot? <laughs> Could you imagine if Bigfoot was just like he walks in? He's no, like, he has it's one. Big feet, no, he has guys. he has one enlarged foot, and the other one's just normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is rude and offensive. <laughs> My feelings are hurt. <laughs> So, in 1978, uh, grassman activity really picked up in the east area of Ohio, Minerva, Ohio. Okay, so there's a there's, um, there's Evelyn. A, a Creighton family. The Creighton family. They the sound Creighton like they can family. party. So in 1978, Evelyn and Hal Clayton's grandchildren and some of their friends came running into their house, screaming and obviously very frightened. They said that they had seen a monster outside in the in a gravel pit. Venturing outside, the Clayton saw a beast that was covered in dark hair. They estimated its height to be around seven feet and reckoned it weighed about 300 pounds. Evelyn claims this creature just stood there, but she admits she didn't hang around for long. She saw the creature again later, although she couldn't get a good look at its face due to its long hair that covered it. Evelyn noted that the creature did not seem to have a neck, so like the best traps in the world, obviously, from eating all those oats. <laughs> the creature appeared several more times to the Claytons. Um, 
leaving a strong smell behind when it left. No physical evidence was ever found. So it's kind of interesting that the first report was that it attacked this dude. And now it just seems to be like, hey, what are you guys doing? I'm just trying to chill in this quarry thing. Like this gravel pit. Why are you guys bothering me? Like I'm just trying to like forage and stuff. You think he makes like like how like puka shell necklaces? He makes like gravel rock necklaces and like sells yeah, them to all to, of his. He's just trying to live his best life out in the woods of Minerva, Ohio. <laughs> Off-duty police officer Ray. God damn, what a name! Man, you are struggle bus over there. Off-duty police officer today. Ray Quay was unloading some pigs he had bought, switching off the light in his barn. Ray went around the corner to see his what his two dogs were barking at. And he says the dogs never usually barked while he was around. Rounding the corner, he was confronted by the sight of what he initially thought was a man. Ray hollered at the figure. However, it soon became clear that this figure was not human. After Ray shouted, the creature ran off through some tall weeds on Ray's property. He says that the creature was seven feet tall and extremely hairy. The police did investigate, but could find no evidence or clues to solve the case. A matter of days before his story came to light, a man named Patrick Poling had reported seeing a similar creature while he was working in the fields in Union County, Ohio. So, a very early episode of um, Monster Quest. Do you remember Monster Quest? Mm-mm. You don't remember Monster Quest? I don't remember Monster Quest. It came on uh, History Channel. I don't think it still does, but like they did like a big like dragon thing, and uh-huh. they did uh, werewolves and stuff. But uh, one of the early episodes was The Ohio Grassman. And I'm going to play a clip of that show um, from this woman who had a couple experiences with it in 1996. So I was here by myself. I had gone to bed somewhere about 10, 10.30 that night, I guess. When I woke up and, and I looked at my dog, um, she was looking towards those windows. The first thing I thought was there was somebody was trying to break into my house because there was a figure in the window making the same growling noises that my dog was making, but then it would sniff the air. Eventually, Elkins worked up the courage to get a closer look. Whatever possessed me to get out of bed I got up and I came towards the window and it turned and walked off towards my shed. And it was down to my shed within five or six steps. But when I got to the window, it turned around and looked back at me. It was at this point she claims she could clearly see the creature's face. It had big wide shoulders and I could see its eyes. It had big wide set eyes and it had a wide nose and it had a big mouth. So you want to hear what this thing sounds like when it howls? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So imagine you're like laying in bed at night and then all of a sudden you hear that. Okay, so like, imagine like, do you camp? Do you ever go camping? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a big camper, right? So I love going out in the woods and like I, go, I like going to Tennessee and like hiking through the Smoky Mountains and stuff like that and setting up camp. Imagine you're like laying in your tent at night and then all of a sudden you hear this. So 
it almost like you were saying it almost sounds like a siren yeah like a tornado siren or something but at the same time it doesn't though it definitely i feel like it definitely has like a like a like a voice quality to it like it's actually like something coming out of somebody yeah that's just so haunting like any of those bigfoot howls like i think that they could easily be replicated by a dude if I had never heard the story and I had heard that in the middle of the night, I would think, oh, crap, I need to get to my basement. Like, yeah, I need to check sure. the news. And then when I would find out that there's not a tornado warning or anything like that, then I'd be shitting myself. That concludes our weird trip to Ohio for the most part. I think we could actually revisit this in the future because there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. Do you have anything for us? Nope, not today. All right. Well, Jory, take us off. Where can they find us? You can find out more about us on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. Which is at Strange Heart Pod, right? Yes, it is. I think that we're probably most active on Instagram right now. Yes. Um, we literally created like this Facebook page and it's just sitting there. Like we probably should start doing like we have like one like on it right now, but we should probably start doing something with it, I I guess. It's kind of I don't know. I don't know what to do with the Facebook anymore. Maybe we should do a poll. What do people use more, Twitter and Instagram? Because I've noticed like other podcasts, they have Facebooks. But for the podcasts that I listen to, I don't ever go to their Facebook page. I always go to their Instagram or their Twitter. Yeah. And the website is still in the works. um, And we are thinking about maybe putting a store up at some point or some merch. We have a great giveaway going on right now. Um, and guys, if you have any, you know, advice for us or things you want to hear or what you expect for this podcast to develop into, please feel free to email us and be vocal. And I'll tell you what we would really like to do. We'd really like to have somebody sitting in the studio with us telling us about their prolonged experiences, something that has lasted years and years, you know, something that they have been dealing with for so long and really sit down like before and interview somebody and really try to get their story out so that people know that, you know, weird stuff does happen in this world and, you know, people want to hear about it and they they want to talk to other people who have had something weird happen to them. And I think really what we're trying to do with this podcast is we're really trying to set ourselves apart. We don't want to just be another podcast where we're just reading stories back and forth. I don't know if anybody remembers the show um, So Weird on Disney Channel or Eerie Indiana. Alone in the Dark. Yeah, all those TV shows, you know, we really want to bring back kind of like Unsolved Mysteries and actually interview people and really get like a raw experience. So please email us. We're definitely interested in getting to know your story, getting to know you and actually having you on the show. And you don't even have to just come here. There are ways that we can do it over the phone and still record that conversation. For sure. So with that said, I'm Mike Waters. I'm Jory Seegers. And good night. Good night. I don't know why I have John Jacob. John Jacob. That song stuck in my head right now. His name was my name too. Whenever we go out, the people always shout, shit, grass man.